Hey, you. Hey, you. So today I uh, want to talk about something that's been doing the rounds on on uh, the news channels, uh, Britney Spears. Yeah, this is not something you and I normally talk about. No, and I, I think generally neither of us really follows like celebrity news and like that kind of thing generally. Exactly. But this specifically, so contextually, uh, there's been a documentary that has come out about a week ago that has been... Uh, put together by the New York Times called Framing Britney Spears. I have not seen the documentary, and I know that that, uh, you were saying that you hadn't either. No. But both of us are really kind of interested in the discourse that seems to have arisen around the documentary and around Britney Spears somewhat newly um, and sort of surrounding her life and her career and the legal battles that that uh you know she she's going through right now and and found that piece of it particularly interesting so wanted to talk about that yeah so we're kind of just gonna we're gonna touch on some stuff um again this is a little bit out of our our general realm but we'll uh we'll preface what you know with we don't know what we don't know and that's kind of the point of talking about yeah. It. yeah yeah Effectively, the, the the overall thing is that there is an online, um, I I don't want to call it a movement because that yeah, seems very weird. But basically, hashtag. it's it's a group of people under the banner of hashtag Free Britney, yeah. uh, which is a uh, a group of fans that uh, have a very vocal online presence about wanting to ensure. Britney Spears's um, wellness, like yes. their, her mental health, you know, uh, legal uh, justifications, yeah. um, you know, um, protecting her music career and her the autonomy of her performances and like all of these different things. And it's kind of fueled by the fact that Britney Spears herself doesn't give a whole lot publicly anymore so there's a lot of rumor a lot of conjecture yeah. a lot of uh, speculation. speculation exactly yeah. speculation jinx you me a coke <laughs> <laughs> totally. uh, but but yeah yeah that's what it is yeah so and uh, like you mentioned this documentary uh she it's not like she did the documentary like this is a new york times do- uh, part of their documentary uh series uh, it's on Hulu, I believe, but her involvement from the from what I've heard is not at all. Uh, it's all based off of coverage over the last I don't know decade or two, probably. No, she she's uh, she's not in it, and exactly. um, yeah, but who uh, the people in it? I guess there are some like key insiders that have made it like a really seemingly like really salient. Uh, yes. but she herself is is not in it. Right, exactly. So that I think is important to note. This isn't a tell-all uh, situation, no. and no. as much as people seem to be clamoring, like you mentioned, she doesn't say a lot or do or do a lot as far as um, like revealing things about herself. I think this is just filling a need that her fan base has for something, for anything, uh, any yeah. kind of information that they can get, um, even if it's if it's through this lens. But this isn't like a Taylor Swift 
I'm making a documentary and I'm gonna, you know, yeah, yeah. deal with Netflix and it's gonna or be the what I want from from a exactly. decade or so. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Where they had full creative control, it was their idea to do it, or you know, at least they were yeah. fully in it and they were speaking and it was their yeah. words. So oh I yes, think- they're not the Dixie Chicks anymore. They're oh, that's just right. The the tricks. The tricks. Correct. Yeah, but yeah. So just to yeah, put the piece, put the framing Britney in perspective again. This is not her deciding to do some sort of tell-all no. situation. And so as much as it's something for people to watch and be interested in, you have to, you know, keep those things in mind when, when you're looking at it, because as much as it is investigative journalism, she's not saying it. And so it's you still- know, that, that's so interesting, dude, because I feel like part of the discourse that's come out of Freddie Britney Spears, the documentary and, and the resurgence of interest in what's, what's happening with her, because right now uh, she is embroiled in a pretty heavy legal battle about uh, yes. conservatorship of her estate and that's a big part of of the discussions that are happening but the other part of it is this kind of retrospective on how she was treated as a public figure both by the media and the public who basically like the more fragile she got the more she fell apart the more people like clamored to see like what was happening and so yeah. there's been a lot of discussion about the media's treatment of Britney Spears. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I'm wondering if what's happening now, which is certainly a more sensitive approach to it, it's not just a different version of what used to be because there's still a lot of speculation about her. There's a lot of discussion about her when she herself is... is like behind the this lens and right she's the subject of this faceless gaze of like millions of us and certainly i was very much part of that group who, who would laugh at britney and be like ha, you know if britney can get through 2007 you can get through today and like right. those kinds of jokes you know and and sure. i'm finding that i'm actually learning a lot about uh how i consumed britney spears as a commodity back then and um my consumption of celebrities you know and and that kind of thing even even now so it's a little bit uncomfortable to realize that stuff about yourself but i'm kind of glad it's happening because i i feel like i'll be better for it at the end of it for sure and it is i mean context is everything too because at that age hers and ours at the time and the the media narratives at the time, uh, pop stars in that age bracket were treated like commodities, and they were marketed to people that age as commodities. For um, sure, and, and so, it was also around the time where celebrity magazines, tabloids, and like online blogs with Perez Hilton stuff, all yeah. that stuff was kind of just starting, and they yeah. were looking for that story of the week uh, mm-hmm. kind of approach. And it was sort of the tabloid equivalent of the 24-hour news cycle. Well, yeah, exactly. And I think that was what, where the switch kind of came it, uh, exactly around that time. Like you said, um, the magazines at the time were, were switching to becoming blogs. And blogs, need, blogs can't post uh, twice a month the way a magazine can come out. So now they've said all of a sudden they needed content every day. And yeah. so now it was about finding the story. And then it became about photographs and buying photographs and you know basically you know impringing on these people in their free time when they're not working 
and trying to report on their personal life again through a, with this very biased hyper life. absolutely hypercritical hypercritical oh, yeah. like to to the right down to the what type of shoes are those what handbag is that whose hand were you holding uh every little every little piece of everything was dissected why are you wearing your hair that way what you know what color is that like all these yeah. little nitpicky yeah. things that and I think that's why I never really got into following that stuff because I don't care like, no <laughs> and no. I I can't I can't pretend to uh, and you know I we we all live full lives and I can just imagine I always put myself in everyone else's position so I just thought you know if that was me I would hate that so <laughs> I yeah. didn't want to you know yeah. continue continue to buy into it even though the, that was a, like her face was on everything yeah. everything every yeah. product every you know every kind of thing they could make from her company again not her as an individual her company because that is you have to remember she's a company for sure she's employing tons for of sure. people at that point to do these things because that's the kind of you, you need that many people to pull off all the things she was pulling off and she was pulling it off um yeah. so she needed all those people but then it's a matter of you know who are the people around you then and who yeah. who are these quote-unquote sources that keep getting quoted everywhere it's always a source because nobody wants to give their name but they've got juice and they want to share it and if you're someone who's, who's reading these articles about yourself and you're going, who are these sources? It becomes very hard to trust people. Yeah. Um, yeah. At that, at and that and that's, a, that's a great point. Can you imagine how fucking brutal it would be to have the worst period of your life splashed across covers of every single magazine at like your grocery checkout? Like, yeah. come on, man. How awful that would be. And to be the butt of every single joke that has been made publicly and one of the things that has also been doing the rounds are calls to apologize to britney for the media's treatment of her yeah and several publications have come out with statements apologizing for their handling of britney spears and right. uh one of the ones that that well two specifically resonated with me one was a video from Craig Ferguson, the host of the Late Late Show, from actually back in like 2007 or something. And yeah, you're right. Yeah, thank you. Um, I could not remember the date. <laughs> I I just I remember because I saw I saw that video as well. I re awesome. kind of remember that from back in the day. He's he's great. I enjoy his comedy. Really, but... oh, really, really awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So so he made the comment that like making fun of Britney Spears did not feel like punching up. She was a child in her early 20s going through all kinds of shit very very publicly yeah and he kind of refused to make jokes about britney going further and and apologized for having done so so far but that was 2007 yeah obviously people didn't really follow suit and no. uh, now people have been kind of coming up with, oh, you know, I'm I'm sorry, I should have known better and that kind of thing. The second one that, that I was saying kind of resonated with me is uh, Sarah Silverman. Uh, so Sarah Silverman had made a bunch of jokes, some some jokes about her um, at one of her hosting gigs or something. She mentioned in her podcast, and I'm paraphrasing that, you know, she was really sorry feels great to tell about hurting people and she didn't realize that big celebrities big time celebrities could have their feelings hurt <laughs> which i think is so important man so like important. you at some point you stop thinking of these people as people and yeah. that's the problem yeah and i think a lot of people and i think where that part of where that comes from 
is this idea that once someone has made a certain amount of money, nothing can hurt them. Yes. If you what do have- you care of what I think of you? Like, okay, but maybe it's not just you though. It's everybody. Yeah. Right. And maybe it's all you're seeing all the time. And like, maybe you're making this person's life a little miserable, a little more every day because to, I mean, put it this way, as, as any, you know, grown person knows money does not solve all your problems. Um, It would be great if it did sometimes uh, solve every problem, but it doesn't. Um, And when your life is being dissected and you're being, you know, you have, you have the weight of the world to a degree on your shoulders, then, you know, incomes of multiple people, a huge company to prop up and a fan base that you want to deliver to, that's a lot of stress and a lot of pressure and being able to, you know, be in maybe an opulent home. It doesn't really, as we all know from being, (laughs) trapped inside for 2020 being home all the time is not ideal especially when you feel like you can't go out because you're going to have your picture taken or everything that you do is going to be dissected or you're going to be followed around by people like that's not a great way to feel I mean again I can't imagine Um, I can imagine the being stuck at home part Uh, but can you imagine if you were stuck at home and nobody else was yeah everybody else could come and go but you couldn't but or you could if you were willing to put yourself up to some level of scrutiny of seeing yeah, yourself criticism every single yeah. time you love those especially and you know there's all these sort of more formal avenues of of uh tabloid and celebrity caricature but basically everyone is like amateur paparazzi with cell phone cameras these days oh yeah like, you don't absolutely. even have to have like professional um tabloid photographers waiting at places you just have to have like invasive just the the public and guaranteed like every time someone like a celebrity steps out somewhere there's like four or five pictures of them just like doing stuff for sure and it doesn't help that um online publications as much as print are willing to pay for those pictures yeah yeah so if you happen to come across someone out in the wild and take a picture um yeah that is that's social currency all of a sudden you can post that right to twitter and any publication can see it and take it and they maybe pay you maybe they don't I don't know how that works but the point is it's everywhere everything you just did when you were completely by yourself or so you thought and then someone takes a picture or a video of it and now again social currency yeah Uh, it increases their followers they now have a commodity nobody else has a video that nobody else has and they be they become you know they get their five minutes or whatever it is and that's the thing like you know you want to complain about you know how the media is treating her and then you have these sources well, who are these sources that the media is talking to? They're clearly talking to somebody. Seems that there was a lot of discussion about her stuff that is, again, and like we said before, largely speculation and conjecture because she doesn't give a lot. She's pretty cryptic mm-hmm. in uh, what she does make statements about. And honestly, dude, I feel like a lot of it is that her every aspect of her life was so heavily invaded and criticized and dissected uh from her you know from her early to her late 20s yeah she's probably like i have no fucking interest in being a public figure anymore oh 100 people did not consume me because they loved me maybe some people did but largely she was a laughing stock like towards the end of her career and and i feel like i want to take a step back and talk about how as a fucking society we tend to do that to women we build them up and then god forbid 
they monetize and accept their sexuality and mm-hmm. their ability to to perform in in creative ways we have to tear them down yeah absolutely and that's that unfortunately is not new that's a tale as old as time um, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah the tearing down of women um in every in every level in every area um is unfortunately a narrative that many of us are familiar with just from it's just seeing it happen in the social zeitgeist all the time and uh, I did see a few things in our in our readings for this particular talk about kind of not comparing Britney's situation specifically, but kind of looking at it from a perspective of, you know, her age at the time and her experience level at the time. And there was a comparison made to Madonna at one point that I saw, um, and it was based on interview style. And it showed an interview, I'm, not, I'm forgetting who the interviewer was, an interview with Britney where, uh, someone was showing her like mean things people had said about her on the internet. Now this is like in the 2000s. So this is not the same as like Jimmy Kimmel getting people to read mean tweets about themselves. She was a young girl who was largely unaware maybe of some of these things. And they compared it to another interview that Madonna had done similarly. And in both situations, they were kind of confronted with something that was unpleasant. And the Madonna one, it was, she was asked about a relationship that she had, which again, she's a young woman they're asking, but it was, it wasn't like a, so what's dating like it was like so has the sex with so-and-so or something along those lines it was something a little more incendiary and an innocent question which again though i question why we have to talk about people's relationships we're talking about them personally if you're if they're dating someone that's great but like you don't need to be invasive on someone's life if you're having an interview with them like yeah you should talk about their career that's why they're there um yeah that's neither but in this particular comparison the comparison was made that madonna didn't have the same growing up pattern that Britney did. So when Britney was asked a question, she kind of didn't know how to answer it as far as she did know how to answer. She answered it honestly. And she was, you know, kind of shy about it and caught off guard about it clearly. But Madonna, who'd grown up differently and had been more grown up by the time she became, you know, and again, not to the degree that Britney was, she, she kind of looked at, the, at the, the person and said, why would you ask me that? And they, or they said something about like, can, uh, do you mind if I ask you? And then they ask the question, and she goes, "You asked if I if I wanted to be asked the question. You didn't give me a chance to answer." And they were like, "Do you?" And she's like, "No, I don't." And the thing Good is that, her. but that's the thing is like that's an attitude that you and I can relate to because that's what life is like when you're older, when you yes. start to realize you yeah. have a power. Yeah. Britney Spears has been a celebrity since she was she was in the Mickey Mouse Club, and I she, think that's she what has been of, a celebrity since she was a preteen preteen and also that unfortunate like fact that it was disney limits the kind of um career you can have as far as like public persona and how people perceive you um versus being you know maybe young in a a different uh on a different network perhaps or in a different type of show um is it's very different and so I, i doubt she was media trained to handle that kind of thing and she had a persona to keep up as well she was meant to be innocent like she was when she was on Disney and she was meant to maintain that. It became topic of conversation. Um, again, this is not specific to her. This is every young woman. <laughs> the number yeah. of young women who could, who could tell that story of you know being uh, scrutin- having their sexuality scrutinized while they're under 18 or under yeah. 21. Yeah. Um, the countdown clocks to someone being legal that are on the internet just disgusting behavior oh, uh, so gross just even knowing that they exist having heard about it well i've heard about one person but apparently it's quite common yeah um, i i've i've seen a 
couple. And yeah, it's fucking disgusting every time. But, and that's the thing. Like, I feel like she didn't. It was almost like she didn't have a chance, really. No. Like, it's almost no. like the the vulture started to circle very early before she had a sense of self. Um, yeah. Or but by that time, maybe her sense of self was informed by like, well, I'm on Disney and this is who I am. Like, you can't expect her to be a fully grown adult and yeah. have full, like the the autonomy to have those conversations and, and reactions. Like she was a young person being presented For with sure. an uncomfortable situation, but an uncomfortable situation being televised. Like it was a recorded interview. And so she knew the world was going to see it. And so you kind yeah. of, you have to keep that constant like, okay, that was a question I wasn't expecting. Okay, this is how I have to process it right now because in this situation, I'm on television. And so anything I say is going to be looked at under a microscope. And not that that, not that, that was different from Madonna, but I feel like at the time she had a, more, a stronger sense of self. She'd had the chance to be in relationships. She'd had a chance to define herself outside of, you know, veil. I don't want to say the veil of Disney, but you know what I mean? Like Disney kind of puts a persona on you because they have to market you at such a young age. They have to know. Yeah. Have to do yeah. There's, a, there's a mechanism there that yeah. isn't involved in everyday life. Like you said, the times have changed since then uh, to a degree. Wait. I, but as you, much you as see, I want to see it say that the times have changed, I have to wonder if most of this would be happening if Britney was male. I, I genuinely oh, no, don't think not. a lot of it would be because, like, she does, she has done a lot of the same things that a lot of young male young male celebrities have like she spends money like stupidly she has like shitty friends you know <laughs> she like she she's very like public about her partying and yeah. um you know male artists and athletes and stuff like they all do all of those things but and none of them, them are and they just kind of turn around and they just like have like a quick legal battle and then it's kind of one and done Britney yeah. has had a decades-long, like, years-long legal battle over a conservatorship over her fucking estate. Like, she's not capable of managing her own... She's an almost 40-year-old woman at this point. Yeah. And yeah. she is still fighting over the ability for her to have rights over her own estate. And, like, I'm not saying she doesn't have mental health issues but i'm not willing to speculate on on what those are or, or how debilitating they might be or if they exist or not or if, mean, exactly or if they exist at all but i am fucking positive that somebody who does multiple sold out shows in vegas every year is probably some level of, of capable well yes and i think to your point about this whole conservatorship issue i think part of the crux of the issue is you're right. It's been 12 years. That's a ridiculous. That's ridiculous. To your point, and she's also almost 40, like you mentioned. The part that is insidious in this, particularly, is that it's her father who holds the conservatorship. Yeah. Which yep. in which you would hope in most cases would be a comfort that it's a parent, yeah. but in this case, yeah. it does not seem to be a comfort to anybody, and everyone is very suspicious as to why this is happening and why it keeps happening. Uh, because as you pointed out, she's a mom. She's almost 40. Uh, she, in the last 12 years, she has performed many times, uh, including a residency in Vegas um, for, for a time. Uh, from what I understand, that didn't uh, mm -hmm. live out its full contract um, for varying reasons. But the point is, if she, you know, it's just 
I think the question that people are wondering is how much of this decision is hers and how much of it isn't. And if it's her decision, why is there this conservatorship? Tell me this is an institutionalized patriarchy. Fucking tell me. It seems like, yeah, I can't. It does seem like that exactly. (laughs) And that is, but it is almost, it's that extra level of the the family connection that makes it that Exactly. Your father knows best. Like, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. You. Yeah. (laughs) And that is probably what has made it so difficult to get this conservatorship lifted is it's probably because it's not being held but it's being held by a family member yeah and i think there's yeah. a, a lot of you know your voice only carries so far if your parent is 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 saying the opposite if if your parent is saying no it's this this and this and they're just asking to monitor things you would assume that they would have your best interest at heart and that maybe you know based off of unfortunately a lot of tabloid coverage I mean, that can bias a group of people who are making these decisions from the things they've seen and, you know, that they've gleaned from other other people. It can make it very difficult. And again, I don't know if that's the case. I just know that when I when I was reading this and I found out that it was her father who was holding this conservatorship, my skin crawled a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like right off the bat, because I'm like, I don't know. I mean maybe it's in her best interest i don't know honestly and i think that is the key takeaway from all the stuff we've done is there's nothing definitive here there's not nothing here yeah but and there's the a thing, lot of right? questions if you're able to to question the ethics of it like yeah maybe it's worth talking about right exactly and it, i understand not wanting to talk about it in a public forum i think that's fair um, if it's a, if it's a family situation, but it does seem from the legal part of it, because that is public record, it does seem like there's some inconsistencies as to why it's being upheld seemingly indefinitely. And again, how much of that is because of this documentary is a question people have been asking online. Is it, is it related to the fact that this just come out and now there's a judge saying, well, no, we're not going to uphold this all of a sudden, whereas heretofore judges, it has been contested before and, and judges haven't uh haven't uh removed it they've kept it so did something change is does it have something to do with this coming into the public consciousness again in a very big way because i mean again the new york times is known for their investigative journalism like i said i haven't watched it but i mean if it's compelling i don't know um if if it's enough to give people something to go on uh, from a legal standpoint maybe that that was something that they could use sometimes seeing because you mentioned like this has been 20 years of her life basically that she's been scrutinized and sometimes when some things happen over the over a long tail like that over two decades people pay attention and don't pay attention they come back in in and out and sometimes seeing it all you know kind of diffused down to an an hour long and all the sound bites back to back to back sometimes it takes seeing that to go like great yeah now that it's been distilled down to this this does seem suspect and sometimes I mean, that's what good investigative, what good investigative journalism does is, you know, it, it does, does the work of, of bringing a solid case about something, even if it's based on anecdotal um, evidence. Like it's obviously, as you mentioned, she doesn't say anything in this documentary as far as she's not interviewed and she wasn't the one who decided to do it. So, but I mean, again, good investigative journalism goes, I think there's something here. And, and, you know, Brittany is just one of several women we've done this to. She's just the most uh, recent that, that in, in our memories. But, like, we do this all the time where we chew up and spit out uh, women. And, and yeah. we hold them to unreasonable standards. And we, 
fucking tear them down for not being able to withstand the pressure. Yeah, and that's the, that's the other part of it that's brutal is that you put all this pressure or all this pressure is placed on them and then they're just expected to withstand it. So when they crack under the pressure, that just becomes another story. Yeah. You know, it's like it yeah. uh, it's like they're they're trying to to make things go further and then they just turn one thing into another thing and then that thing becomes its own thing and then that runs like wildfire and you know, just it's a it's a terrible cycle. And like you mentioned, uh, this is not uh, an isolated incident, but when I mentioned earlier like that things seem to be changing, you're right. I don't think they're changing the things we want to change, they're not changing. They're very much the same. What I think and maybe this has something to do with seeing what has happened uh, with Britney over the course of two decades. A lot of women in the in the spotlight are being empowered to say something or they're empowering yes. themselves. Yes. And I think a lot of that courage comes from seeing what can happen if you don't um, and what the consequences could look like. Uh, but I, again, generationally, I just think 20, in the 2000s versus you know 2021, I think we're in a different place where um, a lot of discourse has changed amongst women. Like the discourse around women hasn't changed and the way women are treated hasn't changed. But the talk between women and the things that we've seen, conversations like you and I have and everybody who listens to this podcast. I mean, these are the conversations that we have and some of it comes from, you know, time and life and experience, but we're seeing younger people who would have been you know the age that she was in the early 2000s really taking hard stances on things like they, they're coming at life with a point of view um that they're developing seemingly a lot earlier and regardless of what it's informed by i think a lot of what i'm thinking of is most recently political there are a lot of young political activists um and there's a lot of young climate activists and i think they're being empowered by the people around them and the women that they're seeing that are older than them that have been doing this work. And I'm hoping that'll result in, in them, you know, feeling more confident in themselves where they are. Um, I, don't, I don't want it to, to be a situation where they have to, you know, be grown up at 12, that's ridiculous. But I, I like that I, I think we're encouraging, I think that women are encouraging other women to, take the power of their own voice and use it and don't let it be used against them. I, I hope that people coming forward are able to say, to stand up and point out those biases. I mean, the number of women I've seen go, you wouldn't ask a man that question. That I like to see. Yeah, I love and that. I, and I've seen I love it. that. <laughs> I love that so much. One, because they're right. But two, they've realized something that the media hasn't realized. That is their voice has power not the media. And the yeah. more we take that back and say, I'm not answering that question because, because you're, you've been empowered now to realize you don't have to answer a question you've been asked just because you've been asked it. That's right. And right? I think having social media accounts that uh, they themselves, the celebrities themselves, um, you know, manage and, and post or whatever, like, I think it really helps with that level of autonomy. Because yeah. now they have that sort of direct line to their fans to present themselves however they would like and not through the lens of, uh, of a sensationalist interviewer. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you've, I mean, we've seen this too most recently as well with Taylor Swift um, perhaps doing that documentary for Netflix. Yeah. Um, and she's very candid in, you know, calling out the, the fact that 
you know, she was put in this mold of you have to be a good girl. That's how you have to come across, which means if you're a good girl, you answer the questions you're asked and you're polite and you're nice and you're sweet and you're accommodating. Yeah. And that's all well and good. However, not when you're being put up against, you know, these men in their forties asking you invasive questions or, or jerky reporters yelling things at you in parking lots and not getting a chance to craft your own identity. Like maybe you are a good girl, but what does that mean to you? That, you know, that's, that's a, that's a very, very vague statement to make a good girl that yeah. has a lot of implications to it that, that is, that are very much unsaid. And yes. so in each yes. situation, it means something different. And that's all sure. about how you intuit it. Um, you know, it's ultimately, being- I think it means being accommodating to the men in your life, whether that is looking a certain way, whether that's right. behaving a certain way or, or right. reacting a certain way, or, certainly not speaking up when something goes wrong no exactly and that's why i I mean i i respect taylor swift's decision to include to one to make a documentary because the very open of her to do that and i can't imagine that was necessarily easy but to frame it the way she did to explain that she's wanted to talk about politics for a long time and she was encouraged to not do that constantly by the men on her team yeah. And I mean, yeah. again, as she points out, it's her life, it's her career at the end of the day. But that empowerment came after living through something. You know, she had to experience the things she experienced. And it's it's lucky that she realized these things and is now very much taking back, I mean, not just her her voice, but her sense of self and her music. That's so important. It's just unfortunate that women have to constantly take back things that were taken from them with absolutely i wouldn't be surprised if taylor swift or a lot of um female performers uh, kind of saw what britney went through and that that is not something that i'm going to allow to happen to me exactly and and when you see the extreme of it which britney spears is i would say the extreme end of that when you see that and you know that's a possibility you start to you know be more aware of things. It's it's still courageous to do those things. And it shouldn't have to be courageous to do no, those, those things. No. But at the same time, credit where credit is due. Unfortunately, you do have to have courage to do it. And the fact that she did is commendable. It um, is. It is. So, you know, you want to recognize those things, but you by recognizing them, you have to recognize that it's unfair. Um, that yeah. that someone and her age with it, her it is born out of a system that shouldn't exist to begin with. Exactly. And I think once I, I like to hope that if pe- that people watch those things and documentaries like that, and maybe this framing Britney Spears, which again, I haven't seen. Um, I hope that when they see those things, they don't just take the information as, okay, now I know these things. I hope that people extrapolate from them that there's a, this is the me- a mechanism of our society that's creating situations like this. These things are not yes. happening on their in a, own. In, in a, a vacuum. vacuum. Yeah. Exactly. These are, this is what society is doing. And yeah. If you're if you're if you're not working against it or aware of it, you're you could be part of it and not know it. Part of the problem, part of the mechanism that's creating this and perpetuating these things. So, you know, by talking about this, the reason we wanted to talk about it was exactly that. We aren't talking about details of these things. We have no inside information whatsoever, and we're very upfront about the fact that we don't. But also, we're not speculating either. We're talking in hypotheticals at this point, but the bigger conversation that we wanted to have was the mechanism that allows these things to happen 
that allowed them to happen then allow them to happen now maybe in a more sanitized way not really but the the media would have you believe it's a more sanitized way with their pithy apologies um for something that happened 15 years ago that the people who did those things i bet don't work at those publications anymore and probably haven't for quite some time how how much weight do you put on those apologies yeah i think uh and that's that's uh, a topic for another it uh, is podcast i think it is indeed we'll get to that um but i think that's pretty i think that's what we wanted to kind of cover yeah i think and that's a good spot for us to to wrap i think i think so too so if you want to join our conversation you can follow us on twitter at particular women or join our conversation on uh instagram at these particular women uh we love chatting with you there and seeing your comments uh let us know if you have any thoughts on uh Britney or the media landscape or the toxic society that creates situations like this for women. They're big conversations and uh, we love to hear from you on Twitter, but at the very least, we hope you have those conversations uh, in your social groups as well. Um, This isn't the kind of thing we want to be talking about 20 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, thank you everybody for sticking around and and hanging out with us while we talked about this. Ali, this was great as usual. Thank you so much for talking to me about this. Yeah, this is great. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.